Welcome in everyone to our GSP Ace of the Day presented by Turna Tennis. Now, I may have a slightly different promo code, slightly different sponsor for all of you listeners over the next two weeks. We're still trying to work out the exact details of our coverage plans for this 2021 French Open, but of course, we could not afford to miss another day of the action happening on the grounds in Roland Garros. It's two of the eight most exciting weeks in the professional tennis calendar, and of course, with all that excitement comes a plethora of opportunities for us here in the Crack Rackets community to take advantage of of all of the action with a few ace of the day selections, put a few shekels in our pocket to move forward with throughout the rest of the tennis season. Now, what I have for all of you listeners today, my picks from Monday's matches happening on the grounds at the French Open. I've got a couple of future selections, a couple of money line picks, some over-unders, and of course, it wouldn't be an ace of the day selection without a parlay or two in the mix as well. Of course, the reason we are able to do these great shot podcasts day in, day out, have fun with various segments is because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Turner Tennis. You guys know Turner Grips performance in hot and humid conditions. It's unmatched. You know that color, that iconic blue, can be seen on the rackets of hundreds of touring pros, and it can be seen on your racket as well. If you would like to join the Turn of Tennis family, you can call or email them to get college pricing or free samples by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800 554 3707. Again, that's sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. You mentioned Crack Rackets sent you. Not only will we appreciate that, they'll also throw in, again, some free samples. They'll treat you like family. So it's the only grip that gets tackier when you set. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or 800-554-3707. I think I said set. I mean sweat. I think you know that. But sets are on my mind, obviously, as well as all of the tennis-related terms as I lock in on the next two weeks of action at the French Open. Perhaps some of you have heard these GSP Ace of the Day segments before. If you have not, I'm going to name my favorite selections, my favorite picks, favorite odds, my opportunities for us to, again, put a little bit of money in our pocket, take advantage of being the most well-informed, the best uh, in, uh, best, the best intelligence here in the tennis community. Uh, we know our Crack Rackets community certainly has those characteristics. So with that in mind, Let's get into our picks for our GSP aces of the day. Let's start with some future selections because you always want to keep an eye on the future, right? And certainly with our friends at DraftKings, you have the opportunity to take advantage of the way the draw looks, of the way we think the action is going to break out. Now, if you want to hear more about my thoughts on all of the top contenders on the men's, or I should say in the men's field, you can check out the GSP I did with Gil Gross late last week. We narrowed our list down to about four or five guys. And of course, at the top of that list always is Rafael Nadal, who's trying to pull a Pete Sampras at the French Open, win his 14th title. It's absolutely absurd when you say the fact in that manner, but that's the truth. Nadal would be winning his 14th Grand Slam if he enters the winner's circle. And look, there's no reason to doubt him, right? Certainly, he had played very little, if any, tennis entering last year's French Open. He doesn't drop a set on his way to the title Feels a little low for him to be at only minus 125 to win this event. And I mean, again, that's a bargain. I don't think I need to make the case for Rafael Nadal at the French Open. We know if he's in the field more often than not, 80% of the time, he's won the damn event. So 
What we're going to do at minus 125, we're throwing five units on that to win four. He is the favorite for a reason I have yet to see, and I know it's only one day in the books. Anyone who can usurp him. So we're going to go again, Nadal, minus 125, five units to win four. That's futures bet number one. Now, I legitimately think there are only four men who can end up in the winner's circle this year at the French Open. Nadal's number one. That's why he gets the largest wager. The three others, Novak Djokovic, who has won this French Open once before, who happens to be on the same side of the draw as Nadal. He's probably the guy who's going to get the first really good shot at him in the semifinals. He's plus 425. And to be honest, again, value-wise, that feels like a bargain. So what we're going to do, you know, I, I'm a little bit nervous. I uh, I suppose am stingy with my bets. I just, you know, I'm not comfortable putting more than one, two units. So what I'm going to do, just throw one unit on this future. And again, perhaps we may add more to this as the tournament progresses, but we're going to throw one unit on him to win $4 and uh, 425, I should say. I have it in dollars on my sheet. One unit to win 4.25 units at plus 425. Again, I've got four futures bets here to win the title. As long as one of these four wins, we're putting at least a quarter of a unit in our pocket, depending on your unit sizes. That could be a healthy sum of money. could be as little as 25 cents. Either way, we end up in the positive. Look, if it's not Rafael Nadal nowadays, it's usually Novak Djokovic who's ending up in the winner's circle of these Grand Slams. He didn't play his best tennis the first week, and yet he still ended up with the title at the Australian Open. Djokovic is futures bet number two at plus 425, one unit to win 4.25. On the other half of the draw, there are two names that jump out to me because obviously Dominic Team has been eliminated from the event after round one, and yet there are no change to the prices we find on either side. Tsitsipas or Zverev. Now, Zverev wasn't good in his first two sets against Oscar Ota, but he was able to get through that match, and you just look at his section of the draw. Yeah, there's the Bautista Aguts of the world. There's the, uh, you know, Casper Ruds of the world, but do we really think they're going to get to that Grand Slam final? Do we really think they're going to end up in the winner's circle? I don't think so. The fact that you can get a Zverev with his section of the draw as open as it is at plus 1,100, 11 to 1, we are throwing a unit on that. One unit to win 11. Again, if that one hits, we're putting more than a few shekels in our pocket. So one to win 11, that's future number one. And then the guy I think is the favorite on that bottom half of the draw, Stefano Tsitsipas, your number four seed who, again, has seen the draw now open up for him with Dominic. Team eliminated, of course, and I should suppose actually see past your number five seed. He's in number two seed, Daniil Medvedev section, but you look at their clay court results, Tsitsipas clearly the better of the two players. You look at clay court ELO rating, Tsitsipas right now the number two clay court ELO rating on tennis abstract, trailing only Rafael Nadal and ahead of guys like Zverev, Djokovic, Team, Kasper Ruud, all of the aforementioned players. He's also at plus 425. And again, all we need is one of these names, Nadal, Djokovic, Tsitsipas, and Zverev to win. If one of them wins, we end up in, end up, ends up, hey, great shot. We end up in the positives. We're going to throw one unit on Tsitsipas as well at plus 425. That's one to win 4.25. I'm feeling pretty good 
about all these. I suppose, actually, if Nadal wins, I just did the math in my head. We don't end up in the positives. Hey, great shot to me. But still, if Nadal wins, which is the most likely scenario, I think we're going to end up just fine. And the good news is, if it is a Tsitsipas in the final, if it is a Zverev or a Djokovic in the final, we'll have this preliminary futures bet. We'll be able to add on to it later in the future. That's called hedging, folks. That's called covering all of the angles. That's why I feel so positive about these futures bets. I feel like an idiot for saying if one of them hits, we cover all four. But again, if one of them hits, we get awfully close to covering all four of zero of hits. Certainly we do. But again, I think those are your four guys. Nadal, Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Zverev. It's five units on Nadal to win four at minus 125, one on Djokovic, and one on Tsitsipas at plus 425, and then one on Zverev at plus 1100. Those are the futures bets. Let's now look at the more immediate future. Let's look at Monday's matches because certainly... There are a bunch of fun ones on hand for us to get into. Let's start with just our straight-up money line picks. Who are the players I think are going to win tomorrow? Who are the players where I think there's value in selecting them? Let's start with Marketa Vandrusova, who's minus 132 tomorrow over Kaya Kanepi now. You know, Vandrusova doesn't enter this tournament in the best form. She's lost her last three matches. They were losses to Halep, Kerber, and Tamjanovic, respectfully. But, you know... We overlook her success on the clay last year. She made the semifinals of Rome. She, you know, beat Svitolina, Herzog, and Rus before being knocked out by Pliskova. She then lost first round last year of the French Open, which I think is being held against her until you realize it was to Iga Sviantek, who beat absolutely everyone. And of course, you go back to 2019. Marketa Vandrusova was a finalist at this event. Now, has it been the best clay court season for her? No, it hasn't. But you know, again, the conditions in Stuttgart, the conditions in Rome, just so different from what we see here in Roland Garros. And then you look at that Madrid match. I think she wins that first set against Angelique Kerber. She'd have gone on to win that match. So I'm willing to look beyond those. And I honestly feel comfortable in her matchup against Kaya Kanepi. Now, of course, Kaya Kanepi, over the course of her career, has been pretty much the same player on both hard courts and clay courts. You look at her numbers, there's a 0.7% differential in how much more successful she is in her first serve percentage on hard courts versus on clay courts. You look at her return points one, she's about 2% better on clay courts than she is on hard courts, but I just think her game, which is so predicated on playing attacking tennis, on being on her front foot, I just don't know if she's going to be able to do that against Von Drusseva, and certainly she'll be able to swing big on her return, but I think if you provide Von Drusseva power, that's what she needs to then, you know, use her precision, use her touch, she'll mix in the drop shots, so many angles, so many different elevations over the net. I think she's going to keep Kanepi in the outer thirds of the court, keep her moving around, and that's not what Kai Kanepi wants to be doing. She wants to be dictating from the center of the court. That's never what Marketa Von Drusseva allows her opponent to do. And then, of course, you look for Kaya Kanepi. You know, it was a 6-6 six and six loss in Parma two weeks ago to Coco Goff, but she's lost three in a row and, you know, four, I believe five of her last seven matches with, you know, losses to Martich, uh, or on clay losses to Martich, Mertens, Kudermatova, Kozlova, and Coco Goff. You look at her in specific here in 2021 entering this tournament. She's been, you know, 
10 and 7 since that hot start, but she has also lost, I believe, now four of her last six matches, five of her last eight. Now, you know, there's clearly a type of player. She's lost to Rogers, Rybakina, Kudermatova, uh, all power players. Vandrusova going to be a little bit more creative than that, but I just think on this surface, on these conditions, Marketa Vandrusova ready for a big breakthrough. Minus 132. I like the value there. We're going to put $2 on her to win 152. And again, uh, does Kanepi have more firepower than Vandrusova? Absolutely. If Vandrusova does not serve well, uh, that is a match that's going to make us nervous. That's a match that's going to make us sweat because if she's landing big returns and dictating from the start, I may have just talked myself out of this. No, I really do. But the thing is, I think Vandrusova, A, is going to get her stretched with that first serve and then just attack the open court. And once the open court's attacked, now you're playing in Vandrusova's patterns. Now, again, she's yanking you side to side, mixing in what is, in my opinion, the best drop shot in women's tennis in her backhand drop shot. I like Vandrusova to take this match. $2 to win 152, that's money line number one. Money line number two belongs to Dusan the Duslajevic, who again, this is a feel-good pick as much as anything. If you look at his opponent tomorrow, Nikolas Basilashvili, Basilashvili's been pretty good throughout the course of this season in particular. You look, he was able to get the title a few weeks ago on the clay courts when he uh, won the event in Munich, but you know, he beat Kaspar Ruud, Jan Leonard Struve, Daniel Galan in that tournament, but he's lost three straight matches since then. Lost first round of Madrid to Benoit Paire, first round Rome to Berrettini, first round last week to Andre Martin in three sets. I just like the deuce on this surface. I think this is the surface that produces his best tennis, and the numbers would tend to agree with me. You look for the 30-year-old and what he's been able to do in his career at the ATP level on clay. It has been uh, the best surface for, uh, excuse me, 78 and 80 overall. You compare that to his hard court results where he's 59 and 87. Again, clearly this is the better surface for him than the alternative, and you look for him and what he's been able to do of late. He did make the quarterfinals in Belgrade where he lost to Andre Martin in three sets. And, you know, again, earlier this season, it was a loss to Milman, a loss to Shapovalov. Those are fine losses. The Milman loss you don't love, but in that match in particular, he did not serve uh, his best stuff. And I just think in this match, this is a power tennis match. This is a first strike sort of affair. And just to be honest, again, I just don't think Basilashvili is playing that well at this moment. And again, I you're always looking for that added incentive to root against Nicolas Basilashvili, who has lost now, you know, outside of that run in Munich where he won the event, he's lost. You take Munich out of the out of the equation, he's lost first round at you know, uh, five of his last six events. And other than that run in Munich, that's not a great clay court stretch. So I just feel like, you know, again, has has uh, the deuce been exceptional of late? No, he hasn't. But you look for him overall, I just think this is the sort of match uh, that, you know, it's first strike tennis. It's simple tennis. I think for him, the problem is when he plays these grinders, the people who are extending matches, making matches physical at this point of the, his career, that's not what the deuce wants to do. That's not what Basilashvili wants to do. Basilashvili is going to be providing the pace. The deuce loves that. I just think this is a match he ends up winning. So give me the deuce plus 105, $1 to win 105. You look for him, by the way, in his career 
at Roland Garros. Let's see, how has the deuce done overall? Last year was round of 64, where he lost a five-set match to Kevin Anderson. He was seated at this event last year. That's crazy to think, but you look for him in his career, nine and seven overall. He hasn't, he's only lost a first-round match here one time in his career. It was back in 2017 when he lost to Bellucci in four sets. I just don't think that's the case. I think, again, this is a surface, a place where he is most comfortable. You look for Basilashvili and the success or lack thereof he has had in his career at Roland Garros. This is not a place, you know, last year was a first-round loss to Diego Montiero, who you you think that's pretty similar, by the way, uh, to the deuce, uh, but you look for him. He's only advanced past the first round here once in his career. It was 2017. He beat Simone, beat Troisky before bowing out to Nadal. He's lost first round here three consecutive seasons. I think it's going to be four. So give me the deuce to advance as well. Again, that's plus 105 odds. So $1 to win 105. That's bet number two. Now we get to the over section of the pod. Again, the over uh, for me is always I like the set bets. That's what you can do at DraftKings. I think Benchich Podoroska goes the distance tomorrow. Of course, Nadia Podoroska, semifinalist here last season. But, you know, it's been kind of a struggle for Podoroska ever since that event. Now, she has slowly begun to found her rhythm, and of course, she's played so many more WTA-level events, but you look for her here in this 2021 season. She's been good, not great. She's 10-11 and 11 overall. Of course, again, she's made the jump up now, has the 23-year-old to playing almost exclusively WTA-level events. It was quarterfinals in Belgrade a couple of weeks ago before she bowed out to Anaconia in straight sets in Rome. It was round of 16. She beat Serena, beat Sigamund before bowing out to Petra Martic. She played two matches on clay at the Billie Jean Keaton Cup, a loss to Putin Seva and Rybakina. Those are not bad losses by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, you look at her results, I believe now four of her last seven matches have gone three sets, and one of them that didn't against Serena was a six and five affair. And so I just, she's a scrapper. She's such a tough out. Obviously, her biggest breakthrough came at this event last season, but I just keep waiting for the Belinda Bencic run to happen. And you look for Bencic, it hasn't been a great clay court season. She lost to Bedosa Jaber, uh, which is a loss that is certainly appreciated in value in three sets in Charleston. She lost to Alexandrova indoors in Stuttgart, but Alexandrova played so well in that match. Then she makes quarterfinals of Madrid, beating Jabour, Para, Mladenovic before losing to Bedosa again. You know, she played Rome, lost round of 64 to Mladenovic. That's not a great loss, but I just think... I just think this match goes the distance. I think this is a really fun contrast of styles. I think Bencic is someone who you think she's down and out, and then she finds that set. And I just think there's too much on the line here for Podoroska to lose in straight sets. It's funny. I think Podoroska's money line, a favorite tomorrow, but this match has all of the ingredients of a three-set battle. Again, I wish I had a more concrete stat for all of you, like, oh, actually, Belinda Bencic, seven of her eight or 11 matches at uh, Roland Garros have gone the distance. That's not the case for her, but you just look overall for her in her career here uh, at Roland Garros. She's been fine. She's 4-4. Four and four. Uh, You know, six, uh, two of those eight matches have gone the distance. Last year was a round of 30 loss, or two years ago, I should say, because she didn't play last year. It was a round of 32 loss to Donna Vekic, but I just think she's better than that on clay, and while I do maybe lean Podoroska, I think this match goes three. 
plus 145 odds, too tempting to pass up. Give me $1 on that, to one unit to win 1.45 on that match going the distance. The other over I like... Over three and a half sets in Cam Nori and Bjorn for Tangelo. Now, Cam Nori right now is the number 11 player via Tennis Abstract's clay court ELO rating, and he's 12 and 5 in his career, uh, 12 and 5 in the last 52 weeks on clay. That includes the Estoril final, quarterfinals of Barcelona, finals of Lyon two weeks ago, where he beat Team Mute, Hachinov, Rinderneck before bowing out to Sitsipas. He's the favorite tomorrow. There's no doubt about that. But you look for Cam Nori in his career at Grand Slams, 12 and 14 overall. He's only won one match in straight sets at a Grand Slam that was over Dennis Istomin, 2019 first round of Wimbledon. Cam Nori's a guy who plays physical tennis, who, again, it's not death by a thousand paper cuts, but he does move you around the court. He doesn't blow you away. He gives opponents opportunities to compete. He just competes so well and is so physically fit and, again, moves the ball so well around the court that more oftentimes he's the last man standing and he can go the distance, go four or five sets if he needs to. I think he's going to need to tomorrow against Bjorn Fertangelo, who... I saw in person in Cleveland, he's playing that that Bjorn Fratangelo style of tennis again that got him into the top 100, and he's back inside the top 200, and you look for him. He dropped only one set in French Open qualifying. He beat Soida. He beat Rola. He beat Vukic. He's comfortable on this surface. You look for him in his career against the lefties. He's 46-40 and 40 overall. That two-handed backhand, rock solid. I think he's going to have no problem dealing with the lefty game of Nori, and just again, I don't think Nori's got that sort of overwhelming weapon to just hit through Bjorn Fertangelo with ease. I do think this is a match that goes the distance. And again, you look for Bjorn Fertangelo in his career uh, in terms of how he's done on this surface, in terms of how he has done at Grand Slams in general. Uh, let's see, when was the last time Bjorn Fertangelo lost a straight set match at a Grand Slam? U.S. Open 2019, four sets to Jill Simone. Roland Garros, uh, excuse me, Australian Open, while wow, we played Jill Simone again, that was a straight set loss. But, you know, again, these main draw matches, you go back to 2017, U.S. Open, two four set matches. You go back to Roland Garros, uh, 2017, I suppose that was a straight set loss to Lopez. But then Australian Open, that was a five set loss when he played. Uh, I just, again, I, I think it's really tough to beat Bjorn Fertangelo in straight sets, especially if you don't have that big overwhelming weapon like a Lopez did. Uh, I just think, I think this is a good matchup. I think Fertangelo sneaks out a set. Now, I do think Nori ends up in the winner's circle, but give me the over three and a half sets. Give me Nori to win in four, minus 124. We're going to put $2 on that to win 162. That's our second over on the day. Again, Benchich Paderowska over two and a half sets, plus 145. Nori Fertangelo over three and a half sets, minus 124. Now, I, of course, have some parlays for all of you to wrap things up. Let's start out with the women's side. Osorio Serrano, who is like number 15 in clay court ELO rating, was so good in the South America stretch. She's a former junior French Open stud as well. I just don't think Madison Brangle has the weapons to hurt her. Osorio Serrano, minus 375. Cerebez Tormo is like minus 500 in her matchup tomorrow, and you look for Cerebez Tormo, she's got, I believe, uh, Sai Sai Zhang in that match, who will never be, uh, her best surface will never be clay. I think Cerebez Tormo works her 
And then the one I'm a little nervous about, Shelby Rogers minus 215 over Rebecca Pedersen. I just think Shelby Rogers has that overwhelming weapon to hit Pedersen off of the spot. If you throw all three of them in the mix, it's plus 124. We're going to do that, and we're going to put two units on it to win 248. And then on the men's side... I think Clay is going to be Tommy Paul's best surface. He's got Chris O'Connell tomorrow. There's no reason he should lose that match. Let's put uh, minus 286 uh, on. Uh, let's put Tommy Paul, part one. Let's put Riley Opelka, who obviously had the big breakthrough a few weeks ago on the Clay courts. You look at what Opelka was able to do in his run. I believe that was, you got to go back. Was that, that was in, um, I believe, Rome, if memory serves me correctly, uh, which is obviously quicker than the surface here, but he beat Musetti. Guess Gay, Karatsev, and Del Bonus tomorrow. He's got a matchup against Andre Martin, who, look, is coming off of the best result of his career. You look for Andre Martin in Belgrade 2. He was able to make the final and beat guys like the Deuce, beat guys like Basilashvili, O'Connell, uh, before uh, bowing out to Djokovic in the semifinals. But I just think... A, that's a lot of tennis to play before the French Open. B, I just think Opelka is feeling himself now. He's got a little bit of confidence going into this event. That's the match I'm nervous about. Again, Rodgers on the women's parlay leg, Opelka in this leg. But give me Opelka minus 240. And then to make it plus odds, we're throwing in Haomi Munar, who just is better at everything than Jordan Thompson on a clay court. You throw the three of them together. It's plus 109. Let's throw two units on that to win 218. Again, we had the four futures bets, Nadal, Djokovic, Tsitsipas, Zverev, all to win this event. We've got Von Drusova minus 132 over Kanepi Lajevic, plus 105 over Basilashvili. Over two and a half sets in Benchich, Paderowska, plus 145. Over three and a half sets in Nori Fratangelo, minus 124. And Osorio Serrano, Rogers, and Cerebes Tormo parlay with a Paul, Opelka, and Munar parlay as well. The women's plus 124. The men's plus 109. Those are your aces of the day for day two and I by the way it's only going to get better from here as I find my rhythm watch more and more of this action unfold but a bunch of picks for you to get all of the things started and again if you want to hear more about what's going down on the grounds of the French Open you can listen to all the day's recaps day in day out on our mini break podcast feed a shout out as always to super producer Daniel Westoff who I forced to stay up way too late tonight and who has a of an any job to do as always. A shout out as well to our friends at Turn Tennis. Again, I'm hoping to have a DraftKings or a FanDuel promo code for all of you moving forward. But for now, you can contact Turn Tennis by emailing sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. But with all of that in mind, for wonderful super producer Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turn Tennis, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. Hey, great shot. We will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.